My name's Brad. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. Welcome to Baptism Sunday at Shelbyville Community Church. Hey, listen, I just want to take a minute and walk through what we're about to do together, why that matters so much, why it's so important. So I'm going to read some real familiar uh, scripture, uh, but the problem is sometimes familiarity can get in the way. Um, and so let's just kind of walk through this together. This is Matthew chapter 18. It's kind of known as the Great Commission of Jesus. Here's what he says. Then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, we skip over that part, but um, that's foundational. Our Jesus has been given all authority. And so here's the question. If you're here this morning, are you living under that authority? Are you regularly giving yeses to Jesus? Like, I'm not just talking about, you know, on Sunday morning. I'm talking about all week long, all authority. And that's why he can say what he's about to say. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. See, this statement is why we say we want to be a disciple-making church that brings hope and healing to our community. That's our vision. Uh, Why do we want to be a disciple-making community? Well, because Jesus commanded us to. Uh, In other words, that's the bar. The bar isn't, hey, I'm going to attend a small group. The bar isn't, hey, I'm going to become a better person. The bar isn't, hey, I'm going to go to church. The bar is disciples of Jesus, students of Jesus. That's the bar. And then he goes on and he tells us how we do that. He says, the way you make those disciples is you baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and you teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And then this amazing promise that we also gloss over, here's what he says, and surely as you do these things, I am with you always to the very end of of the age. And what that means is that as we do this this morning, our Jesus does this with us. He is here now. He is with us. And that's, a, that's not a promise everybody uh, gets to hear, right? Only churches and people that are, are on mission with Jesus. He's with them always. They're never out of his gaze, ever, not even for a moment. And that's so comforting to me. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to hear some of the stories of the folks that are going to get baptized on video. And then I'm going to come up and I'm going to introduce you to some of these folks. You guys up for that? Amen. Amen. So check out your screen. I want to get baptized because he died for our sins. So I want to be more on God's side and uh, be a better person and uh, learn more about Jesus. I want to get baptized because I want to um, follow Jesus and be on his path. He died for us. We can go to heaven to be with him. I feel like it's important to um, get baptized and show everybody that you love God. I'm going to get baptized because I want to have Jesus in my heart. He rose from the dead. He gives us eternal life. I want to get baptized because he died and he rose from the grave. Died on the cross for us and all that because he saved us. I want to get baptized again because he died on the cross for us. 
he was again. I really want to get baptized because I went to VBS this summer. My, one of my friends invited me and it just got me a lot closer with God. I was baptized once before when I was 13. It was at a youth camp and I went forward and I was baptized. Nothing really changed in my heart at that time. Nothing changed. I just felt like this is what I was supposed to do. Now I've um, really begun a relationship with Christ. I've seen the way that he's changed uh, my heart. I wanted to just be baptized to um, show my church family that, um, that I'm committed to, um, to this life with Christ. He, he died for us. He, he sacrificed his life, gave it away just so everyone else could live eternity with God. He died for us giving us the choice to be saved so we can choose to follow him and so it's just to show to your church family that you are that you have accepted Christ and to show the world that you are a child of God you know I think it's just something I need to do I've been wanting to do and know my days are numbered and know I want to be with the Lord the rest of my life after that I wanted to get baptized for years I just didn't feel I was ready and this year I turned 50 and something just changed in me that I wanted to publicly announce that I was His. I've felt the presence of God working in my life a lot stronger lately. Definitely understand forgiveness and grace in a different, total different way now. I found a new life with Christ again. Uh, I kind of had that experience where He left the 99 for me a couple months back. It's just been changing my life in a lot of wholesome ways and I've really been just experiencing confirmation from God time and time again of you know who He is, and I just wanted to be you know my public profession of walking back into the faith and coming back to Christ after being away for a while. So, Amen. Amen. So we were actually able to baptize ten of those folks in our first service, and we're going to do six more uh, here today. So you're, you want to meet these folks? Is that what I, yeah, sure you do. Yeah, amen. All right, so uh, Carrie Sheffer. Carrie, come on up. Good to see you. God bless you. Yeah, awesome. Grace Drysdale, where's Grace? Go, girl. How about Kyle Goolsby? Kyle, where are you, man? Gabriel Alexander. Awesome. Um, uh, Julian Bierman and Ashley Bierman. Um, you guys are an amazing encouragement to this church family. Uh, your yes to Jesus. I mean, what this represents, right, is a huge yes to Jesus. You've invited him into your life. You've asked him to be your Lord and Savior. He's taken up residence um, in your heart, your soul, your mind. Um, and so we just rejoice in that with you. We are so grateful. I mean, you are one of the reasons we do church, so that people will be able to take the step that you have each taken and then, you know, Scripture says, um, encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So what we want to do in these next few minutes together is um, we want to give you an opportunity to speak 
um, into their heart, minds, and lives. A couple things as we do that. Uh, number one, we love Scripture here. And so if there's a verse that's been helpful to you or meant a lot to you that you want to speak to somebody up here, and we want to invite you to do that. Um, and then the second thing would be, we'd ask you, if there's nobody you know up here, uh, we'd ask you not to share just so that we make sure everybody that has somebody up there that they're involved with or in a relationship with uh, have an opportunity you know, to speak um, into that. And so, yeah, the way that works is we have a couple of runners. We have Tammy. Who else do we have here? Great. And Jeff, um, so you just stand up where you are. We will bring the mic to you. We hold on to the mic. We do that for a couple of reasons, good hygiene. But also, some of us can get a little long-winded, and that way we still have control of the mic. So none of you would do that, I know, but... You get the idea. It's possible. So listen, why don't I just pray, and then we're going to go into that time of encouragement. So if you want to do that, you can just stand up where you are. Hey, God, we just want to pray for these men, women, for these children that um, today would be a moment, that today would be the day that they would look back on and say, you know, that was the day I drew a line in the sand. That was the day I said, though none go with me, still I will follow so we just pray that you would cement that in each man, woman's, family's, child's heart that's here today. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we ask it. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So. Congratulations to everybody. Gracie girl, I am so, so proud of you. And I'm so privileged and blessed that you've been a part of my life the last few years. And Danny's video reminded me of a verse that I have. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Congratulations, everybody. Congratulations to everybody that's sitting up there. I have to say, sitting here, listening to your stories and seeing you guys sit on stage, it's a privilege. It's a blessing for us to be able to do that. Beermans. Yes, yes, Grace. <laughs> Nana could not be more proud of you for the decision that you are making. You've already made the decision, but you're letting us share in the joy of that decision today. So for all of you, congratulations. Grace, I love you, and I'm so excited. Good job, everybody. Hi, so congratulations to everyone up there. Um, I just want to say I'm so proud of you, Ashley. We've kind of grown up together, had a ch through childhood and everything, and I think we went to vacation Bible school together at one point, maybe. But this is really exciting to see you with your family up there. And um, Philippians 4.13 has been on my mind all day, so I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, and I'm just proud of you all. Hi, I just wanted to give this uh, word to Gabriel and Jillian. Um, when I was a teenager, I decided that I was going to give my heart to Jesus. And you make a decision not knowing that for the next years of your life, that will be your rock. And um, 
I'm much, much older now, and I have not strayed from the word. I have fought that the scripture that says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. At times, it's been very hard, but I've known that Jesus, if I stay anchored to him, um, I will pull through a storm. But when I was your age, I was challenged to memorize scripture. And one of the first scriptures I memorized was from Psalms chapter 19, verses 9 through 11. And it says, how, the psalmist is asking the question, how can a young man keep his way pure? And that, that is the question of today, is how can you live in this culture and be pure and be, be upright and righteous and right with the Lord? And it's answered in that very scripture, it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? It says, by keeping it according to thy word. It says, I seek you, Lord, with all of my heart. And then he prays, do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden my word, your word, in my heart so that I may not sin against you. And I would encourage you that even at a young age, you can memorize scripture. You can hide the word of God in your heart. And you can make it through this culture without being swallowed up by the temptations of the world. And I would just encourage you to press in to the promise of God that he will keep you and guard you in all of your ways. And I want to say to Ashley, as a mom, you and your husband, you've sown seeds into all of your boys' hearts, and the harvest does come forth, and you are blessed, and, and they will rise up and call you blessed. So I speak that over you today in Jesus' name. Oh, you hold it. Okay. Gotcha. Well, congratulations to every one of you. That's what an awesome decision. Um, I'm here with uh, Kyle, and uh, Kyle, I've known Kyle probably about the time he got out of diapers. Uh, he's good friends with my son. But um, Kyle, you shared a little bit of your testimony with me last night uh, while we were sitting. And uh, I'm very proud of you. It's It's amazing how when you were sharing your testimony that we tend to drift, but yet the good Lord's always speaking to you. He's always pulling you back. Prayer is a, a powerful tool and I believe in prayer and um, I'm just, I'm very proud of you, congratulations. Yes, and congratulations to everyone. Uh, Carrie, I'm so glad to get to meet you and your testimony uh, about this being the place where you just sense the presence of God and, and you recommitted your life to Christ and now you're taking this stand you know, for him publicly through water baptism. I just want to say, way to go, girl.
sign. <laughs> That has happened before. Uh, and, beer, and all of you, congratulations. But the Beerman's just getting to know you guys and to see how God's worked in your heart this summer. And you know, especially uh, Gabe and Jillian, you guys are going to be, well, you're already men of God, but uh, you're going to be disciples. And I, I just bless the Lord for you and just appreciate your testimony. The verse I want to share is John 14, 21. And it says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, He's the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him, and I will manifest or disclose myself to him. So just expect, even after this obedience to baptism, God's going to start showing himself to you. The devil's definitely going to show up, but Jesus will too. Okay, God bless you. So I am Kyle's older sister, one of the two, and um, to see my younger brother up here today is such a huge blessing. It's something that I have prayed over for years and years, and I'm so proud of every single one of you. And so the verse I have is Psalm 23, 4. It's even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your sword and your Rod and your staff, they come from me, sorry. <laughs> um, you guys will all be tested even harder now that you are disciples of God. You are baptized, you're publicly proclaiming that he is your savior. Stand righteous and know that you are his. Every single one of your support system, your family, we are here to comfort you and support you through any trials and tribulations you'll be going through because you will be tested. Just find comfort in knowing that you are a child of God, you are forever a child of God, and you have publicly proclaimed that today, and we are so proud of every single one of you. I'm proud of you, Kyle, I love you. I'd like to say congratulations to everyone on this stage. Um, I've watched that family, I Sorry, my, my, I, my memory is not good. But I watched the family, yeah. I watched them grow through the bridge and stay obedient to what they needed to do to get closer to God. And I see that growth in you and your son, and it's beautiful. I pray one day I can have that. Um, I'm here to support Gracie. Uh, I had a privilege of meeting Gracie by being at the house and meeting Tasha, her mother, and I get to see Tasha a lot, or Gracie a lot. So Gracie, for you, I have, <sighs> my grace is all you need, for my power is the greatest when you are weak. So when you feel struggling, just pray to Jesus, He'll help you. He'll give you strength. And to everyone else, I have um, God is within you. She will, he, they will not fail. Well, it says, I got him backwards. Okay, I'm done. God, okay, this is for Gracie. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. 
and the others was, do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Find that strength in Christ. That's what helps me, and I'm here to support everyone. If you need anything, let me know. Um, congratulations to everybody up, uh, up there. Um, this one's for Kyle. Uh, met you uh, church when you got called up there, and then later on that day, uh, we finally introduced each other at, at the car show. Uh, but ever since then, um, you have this energy about you that's just um, always happy to see you, uh, happy to talk to you. And I see uh, the amount of energy you're putting into this um, from volunteering and just the way you talk and how you help people who are stranded on a big uh, Greyhound bus. Um, um, so I'm happy to know you. I'm happy to call you as a friend. And uh, you always have a friend and a brother with me. Um, so congratulations to everyone who's up there today. Uh, very proud of you. And this one's also for Kyle. Um, like Jose said, we just kind of met you a couple months ago. And I remember the service where you went up to the altar. And I don't remember if it was like a friend or a brother that you were up there with. Um, but I remember that moment just really showing me that was true discipleship. Like, you know, you wanting to become a disciple and also help others. So you know, we just pray for you to continue to allow God to do work in you so you can do work in others. And we're very proud of you. Congratulations. Just two more, that, and then we'll keep moving. Okay. Um, congrats to all of you, first off. Uh, my family and I are here for my mom, Carrie. Um, we're all really proud of you. And I know this is something that's been important to you forever. Um, so we all love you. And I know Grandpa would be really proud of you. Okay, so I get the privilege of working with the people at the bridge and um, through the ministries there. And um, the thing that I wanted to say to everybody is that... Um, Number one, the verse I'm going to use is bring up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. And I wanted to say that it takes a community to raise a child. And I know there's a few prodigals up there, um, but they're mamas, Debbie and Tammy. I know you've been praying for your kids for a long time. And um, Tasha, we know that what you, where your walk was, but I love the Facebook page. Um, after Tasha came back, and she came back running to God, the page where she's praying on the steps, and little Gracie is right beside her praying. And so just continue to pray for your family and continue to trust God and persevere, and they'll be here too. Thank you, and congratulations to all of you. Hey, so I want to walk us through what we're going to do next and just kind of set the stage for that. Um, a wonderful, wonderful passage in the book of Colossians. Here's how it describes your journey to God and my journey to God, really all of our journeys to God. And here it is. When you were dead in your sins, I mean, that's your story, that's my story, what grace is for, right? We were dead in our sins. We were completely unresponsive to God. 
When we were dead and unable to do anything for ourselves, God did something. Here's what it says he did. Uh, It says that God made you alive with Christ. Listen, this tells us that the goal of Christianity isn't to make bad people good. It's to help dead people live. And only Christ can do that. And then he goes on to say this. He, He forgave us. All of our sins, having canceled the charge uh, uh, that stood against us and condemned us, he took it all away, nailing it to a cross. And so what we want to do is take a few minutes and just create a physical representation of what has already happened, what is already true of your life. That moment when you said yes to Jesus And he nailed your sin to a cross, past, present, and future. And I would just remind you, what Jesus nails to a cross stays on a cross. It doesn't come off. And so, uh, and you're going to need that promise, you know, in the days to come. And so what we want to do is we want to actually give you that opportunity. So you're going to notice over your right or left shoulder, there's a cross there behind you. You're going to notice that from the first service, there are already some things nailed on that cross. You're going to see a hammer up there, some nails, and then a a little red piece of paper. And uh, that's red for a reason. I want you to imagine that every sin you've ever committed were written down on that piece of paper. But you don't see it. When you look at that paper, all you see is red. And what that red symbolizes is the shed blood of our Jesus that covers over your sin and mine. And that's what the grace of God is all about. And so we want to give you just a moment in family groups to kind of approach the cross, remembering that the ground at the foot of the cross is level for all of us, right? None of us come to the cross from a position of higher ground. None of us do. We all are in equal need of the grace of God. And we're just so grateful this morning for the grace of God in your life. So we'll start down here. And, uh, but first, I'm going to pray for you. And then uh, you can begin to approach the cross. So God, we are so grateful, Lord Jesus, for what you've done. You didn't come just to make bad people good. You came to help dead people live. And so God... Um, we come to you this morning alive to you and uh, we celebrate that and we rejoice in that as these men, women, families, children approach the cross God I just pray again it would create a moment uh, uh, you know though none go with me still I will follow moment a line in the sand moment and uh, we just celebrate together your grace and mercy and it's in Jesus name that we pray amen So let's go to the cross. Respond with mercy in the face of sin. 
the sound of a symphony to my ears Like holy water on my skin Giants we call death and grave 
They were like mountains that stood in our way. But he came and he died and he rose. Those giants are dead now. This is our God. This is who he is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what he does. He saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. Remember that fear that took our breath away. Faith so weak that we could barely pray. But he heard every word, every whisper. Now those altars in the take a seat. Hey, listen, uh, every time we have a baptism Sunday like this, we pray and we say, Father, who um, is it that you would like to share the good news? Because every time we gather together like this, we want to share the pinnacle event of what happened and what changed all of our lives forever. And so as we were praying about who um, that was, um, one of our very own, Bruce Miller, 
um, who serves on our elder board here, he said, hey, I feel like God's given me a word to share. We're like, you're in. So guys, can you give Bruce Miller some love as he comes and shares with us? Good morning. This is a tough act to follow. I will will tell you that. Um, As Brandon said, uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Bruce Miller. Uh, I started attending SCC about 20 years ago this past March. Uh, I've been very blessed to be one of the elders here uh, for about 17, 18 years. I've kind of lost track. Uh, And for the past eight years, I've been on staff here as well. Uh, being the director of budget and finance. That means I pay the bills and, and uh, uh, keep the building up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, prior to beginning uh, the retirement job here, I spent 14 or 41 years as a teacher and administrator in the New Palestine School District. The last 34 of those years, I was a principal at an elementary school called Brandywine Elementary which is a part of the New Palestine Schools. I also, I have a literally attended church all my life. My mom used to tell the story uh, that uh, when I was about one month old, they took me to church. Uh, I would sit on mom's lap. Dad would hold my sister, who's only 11 months older than me. And my uh, older brother, who's two years older than me, uh, would sit between them. So they had us all corralled. I'm not sure what they did when my other brother and two sisters came along in the next six years, uh, but they always managed uh, to get us to church. I was about eight years old when I first gave my life to Christ at uh, my grandparents' uh, church at their vacation Bible school. It was the Shelbyville Baptist Temple on the other side of town, now known as Hope's Point Baptist Church. And when I was about 13 years old, I was baptized in uh, uh, Buck Creek uh, up in uh, Morrill Township. Um, It was just down the road from the little country church we attended, and uh, we didn't have a nice baptismal pool like this. So after church one Sunday, uh, my brother and sister and I, we all went down Uh, to the creek down the road and were baptized. So I grew up and I grew old attending church. Uh, Didn't always want to go, especially when I was a teenager. I uh, gave my mom a hard time about going, but mom was very insistent that if you live in this house, you're going to go to church, even coming home from college on the weekends. If I was home, I was going to go to church. Then when I started a family, I have two daughters, uh, I wanted them to grow up going to church and having the same experience uh, that I did uh, growing up, learning about uh, God and Jesus and the Bible. Uh, As an adult at church, I uh, uh, was very active in the church administrative structure. Uh, with the church we attended. Over the years, I've probably served on just about every committee that the church had. Looking back on it, though, I realized that most of the time I was just doing church. 
But over the years, I've discovered that going to church, attending church, and doing stuff at church isn't really having a personal relationship with Christ. Now, I feel very blessed to have grown up as a believer. I truly feel that I've had a blessed life. That doesn't mean it's been perfect all the time. I've had my share of pain and heartache, but having a personal family around me and my church family and my faith in Christ allowed me to get through those tough times. God never promised it would be easy. I've had people close to me die or get sick. I've had my children disappoint me at times. I've had financial problems and as an elementary school principal, I've had some work stress. We all have a life story, some with good things in that life, and sometimes it's not so good. The most devastating thing that tested my faith was when I was 50 years old, my wife of 26 years decided she didn't want to be married to me any longer. So with the financial responsibility of two daughters in college, I went through a divorce at 51 years of age. Without my faith, my church family, and my work family, my school family, I don't know how I would have gotten through those next two years. But God took care of me, and with the people he put around me, got me through it. Then in March of 2003, God orchestrated one of the greatest things he's ever done for me. He put my wife Karen in my life. And through her, I came here to SCC because that's where she went to church. And through the people and pastors that I've had the blessings to have relationships with at this church, I've learned what it truly means to be the church, not just attend the church, and to have a relationship with Christ. Now, one thing I've learned over the years is the importance of relationships. And the most important relationship we can have is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not just know who he is, not just know about him, to truly be in relationship with him. It's what we were created for. Now, I love to collect quotes. In my office, I have probably six or eight books of just quotes. Talk about being a nerd when you just sit and read a book that's just quotes. But I enjoy that. And one of my favorite quotes is R plus R minus R equals R plus R. Now that doesn't make a lot of sense, but hang with me for a minute. I'll clear that, that up for you. I'd be willing to wager that there's one experience that everybody in this room has in common, or at least 99% of us. Anybody want to try to guess what that one experience is? We were born School. Most everybody has gone to school. 
good experience for some of us, not so good experience for others. Now, I want you to stop and think for a minute about your favorite teachers when you were in school and what made them really great teachers, what made them your favorites. Because most teachers have generally the same rules in the classroom. They want you to do basically the same kind of stuff. But why is it that some teachers cause you to enjoy the class and to be compliant with their rules and regulations and other teachers' rules cause you to be resentful and rebellious of what they want you to do? It's R plus R minus R equals R plus R. Rules and regulations without relationships equals resentment and rebellion. Those great teachers have the skill, person about, personality, and ability to develop a positive relationship with you. So you knew they cared about you as a person. So their rules and regulations and requirements didn't seem so bad. My favorite teacher was my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Mary Moore at Triton North Elementary up in the Triton School District. And it was because I could tell she cared about me and she showed that. Now the same thing is true about Christ. Sometimes maybe it seems like God just wants to put a bunch of rules and regulations on us especially if we don't have a personal relationship with him through Christ, we can become resentful and rebellious. Having a relationship with God is so important to him that he sent his son to suffer and die on the cross just for the chance that we would seek a relationship with him. No guarantees. He was taking the chance. And if we ask him to come into our lives and live with us through the Holy Spirit, our resentment and rebellion can melt away. That is all he wants from us, a personal relationship so that we will desire to please him and have the kind of life that he wants and desires for us. All we have to do is ask him for it. Now I would like to start wrapping things up here with a song by Ann Wilson titled, My Jesus. But before those who have heard me sing before go into a panic, I'm not going to sing. I'm gonna share the lyrics of this song. The first time I heard it, I was driving, heard it on the radio, and it spoke to me very intensely. And it's hard to drive when you're crying. So I'd like you to close your eyes and just relax and just listen to these words. Ready? 
Are you, the, are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Because shame's done all of its stealing and you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Who can wipe away the tears from broken dreams and wasted years and tell the past to disappear? Let me tell you about my Jesus. And all the wrong turns that you would go and undo if you could, who can work it all for good? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Who would take my cross, my cross to Calvary, pay the price for all my guilty? Who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way when there ain't no way, rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus and let my Jesus change your life. Now, it's truly a simple thing to open your heart and mind to accepting Jesus as your personal Savior. He's waiting for us with open arms and died just on that chance that we would turn to him. So I invite you now to open yourself to Jesus' love for you and accept a personal relationship with him. You only have to believe that he's the son of God, that he died for your sins and that he rose from the dead and lives now to love us and care for us so that we never have to be alone no matter what life brings our way. At some point in their lives, all these people baptized today made that commitment to believe in Jesus. And if you never have, you can also. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this baptism service. We thank you for the, the joy of uh, experiencing uh, your acceptance of these people that were baptized. Father, we pray that you will uh, work in their lives and continue to grow them in that relationship that you want with all of us. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Hey, would you guys show Bruce some love? Thank you. Hey, so the message that Bruce was just talking about uh, has also changed my life. 
Uh, first year on a college campus, grew up unchurched. You know, it's interesting, right? Bruce's story was he grew up in church. I grew up completely unchurched, and yet both of us desperately needed to know Jesus. You know, in fact, this message that Bruce was just talking about that we call the gospel or the good news of Jesus, it's already outed every single one of us as rebellious and wayward, right? Because in order to receive the gospel, you have to acknowledge, hey, Jesus, I get that I'm a sinner. I get that I've gone my own way, that I've done my own thing. Uh, And some of us know what it's like to live life minus that relationship and just to feel that resentment and, and rebellion at rules that ultimately don't seem to matter outside the context of that relationship. So here's what I want to do. I just want to actually say a prayer because you, some of you may be here and you're like, well, how do, I, how do I begin that relationship? Well, it starts with a, like any relationship with a conversation. And so I'm going to uh, lead you in that conversation with God. And I know God's working. There are at least some of us here who want to have this conversation. And so I'm going to invite you, and listen, the words matter far less than just the attitude of your heart, right? The demeanor uh, that you come to God with. So, um, so if you have already prayed that prayer, if you're a believer, a follower of Jesus, a child of God, and you know that, then you need to be praying for those of us in the room who are not in these moments, okay? So everybody bow their head. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer to begin that relationship with Jesus. So, Lord, we just thank you that uh, you died on a cross for us. So I acknowledge my sin. You just want to repeat that in your heart or at least under your breath. I acknowledge my sin. I admit my rebellion. And I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for being my forgiver. God, I also need you to come in to my life and to make me the kind of person you want me to be. And so I, I ask you not only to be my forgiver, but to be my leader as well. I open my mind, my heart, and my soul to you and to your leadership. I thank you for the forgiveness that comes through what you did on the cross. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.